Dad, say hello, Internet. Hi, Net. Say hello, Internet. Hi, Net. Say, let's sing happy birthday. Happy birthday. Ready? Ready. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to sing it. You. Mr. Andy. Yes, there it was. Mr. Andy, when's your birthday? July 26th. Okay. Well, happy three quarter or one quarter birthday or whatever it is. Thank you. Seth, you have anything else you want to say? Yeah. All right. What do you want to say? Can you sing it from Annie? Can you sing a song from Annie? Yeah. Okay. Sing tomorrow. Sing. No, sing tomorrow. I sing. No. Come on. Are you going to sing it? Okay. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tomorrow, always, always. Yay! I got two songs. Nice. Seth, that was fantastic. Good work, buddy. President Trump, ladies and gentlemen, say it. President Trump. Uh, we thought maybe some Seth Erie singing uh, Tomorrow from Annie would be a good way to kind of uh, brighten uh, your day. Um, we're here recording on a Wednesday. We usually record on a Thursday, release on a Monday. We are, re- we are recording the Wednesday after the election to record or to release on the Thursday after the election. That yep. we are, it's breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. The Vox podcast headquarters in Brea, California is forecasting that Donald Trump will win the American presidency and become our 45th president, which mm-hmm. uh, ironically enough corresponds with Andy Laura's age. So <laughs> we're very excited about that. Now, hence the birthday uh, singing. Right, for me. right. From Seth, um, when your birthday's in July. But um, we felt like, uh, wow, there's so much to talk about. Yeah. Um, so, so and Andy and Andy, of course, on his way to go vote. <laughs> um, your your uh, carburetor. My car blows up. My radiator cracks. Like liquid everywhere. Smoke in the engine. I, Are I, you on the freeway? No, I can ha- tell from the no, picture. It was I on had a surface street. No, I had a whole plan where I, Mercedes is like, okay, let's go vote. Well, That's we got we got to throw the kids not in the his car. car. Right, it's not his car. And I, I dropped her off at a park. I was going to come pick her up. And yep. I had to vote at a golf course. And I it was a block away. And I literally left the park parking lot. Drove like fifteen feet. And yep. there's just pop from my engine. Yes. And I pulled over. And we and don't mean sure soda. Enough, nope. Nope. Not at all. And uh, there you go. So, and I, I was about to take it in to get brakes next week. So add that on top of it. And so I'm 1100 in the hole now. On that. That's right. That's yeah. Right. Painful. So, so that Patreon account. It was a account, sign. It was that a Patreon sign. account will get up quick. Yeah. Now Andy's motivated. <laughs> um, I don't think my vote would have made a difference anyway. Well, Andy, <laughs> probably spiritual attack. Let's just, let's yep. Satan was so opposed to your write-in candidate. Yeah. Uh, that um, that that he had to blow up your car just to keep mm-hmm. you from from writing in Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ironically, he was my write-in. No, that's <laughs> what that's Satan. Not true. <laughs> so so here we are. It's it's Wednesday. Um, like like a lot of you, um, I was up till probably one one thirty, um, watching the election and watching the coverage and and standing there um, as the collective world media. Um, so it slowly grasped that this was uh, this something was coming. That, that well that that this was not only so it was so funny because the the all the biases were betrayed right I mean it was yeah. like there's no way this could happen to oh my goodness this is a possibility to this could this this has a legit shot to yeah. 
holy crap to oh my gosh look at what certain states are doing right whoa so so it was really i mean oh my goodness so uh but we thought because we've talked so much about uh, the election and politics going in that we ought to have um we ought to have a uh, a brief podcast in response to the election and yeah. so um because the 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 words uh that really were have been ringing in my head the last week have been from uh, from Jesus, shockingly enough, um, and it's uh, the the blessing he pronounces on the peacemakers mm-hmm. uh, in the book of Matthew. And so, okay, what does it mean? Uh, because either way, whoever won, and, and we do this same podcast. See, here's really important, you guys. We do the same podcast had Hillary won. Yeah. Okay. This is not. See, people have been so you like frustrated at us because we're back. No, we're not begging on anybody. It, it like the, it's the process and the uh, uh, assumptions that have been in this whole thing. So, so how? Because no matter who won, half of the populace was going to be hurt and angry today, yeah. and the other half was going to be exuberant. Right. So, um, so, so to me. Um, how do Jesus people and, and the risk, by the way, we're running a, on a recording on a Wednesday is that we have a bunch of, uh, Vox, uh, new to Vox people coming new to our church coming in like two hours and, um, and Seth Erie is roaming the house. So, so if you have a lot of background noise, that's what's happening. Yeah. But Andy only has one car we're throwing a party. So Andy only has one car and, um, and we're on top of breaking news guys. We're on it right now. So. So, so I, I, I want to offer some thoughts to Mike Erie from Mike Erie mm-hmm. um, about what it is to be a peacemaker in yeah. these days. Because um, even yesterday, I, someone tweeted on my on my timeline, and I, I have no reason not to think it was true. Uh, he was on an airplane, uh, and he took a picture of a couple arguing and breaking up over who they were voting for. Yeah, and and in in a small microcosm kind of way, that really feels like. The, uh, the amount of division and alienation and opposition um, that, that friends and family members and generations and colors and genders have felt towards each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so how do Jesus people, regardless of whether or not they're celebrating a morning, um, how do Jesus people become the peacemakers that the world desperately, desperately needs right now? Mm-hmm. So just a couple of, uh, just a couple of numbers real quick, just to put it in perspective. I'm sure many of you have, have seen these or will have seen these. Uh, there are over 231 and a half million, uh, registered voters mm-hmm. or eligible voters. I should say eligible. That's the key word. Uh, 47% of them did not vote. Mm. 256 voted Clinton, 25.5% voted Trump, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, Evangelicals make up um, a quarter of the electorate. Did they, did they, is this all ethnicities? Because that was something we talked about. No, this is white, so just wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it gets juicy. So evangelicals um, comprised a a record 26% of all of those who cast votes. Wow. And more than 80% of white born-again voters voted for Trump. Clinton received just 16% of the white evangelical vote, the lowest share ever received by a Democratic presidential nominee. Um, evangelical turnout should not surprise, uh, as evangelicals are the group that was overlooked by the left, derided, de- uh, denigrated by the liberal left. Exit polls show white evangelical voters voted in high numbers, 81 to 16%. This is a different quote. Uh, the, that's the most they have voted for a Republican presidential candidate since 2004, 
when they overwhelmingly chose President George W. Bush by a margin of 78 to 21 percent. Hmm. Now, again, these are white evangelicals. So um, the, one of the narratives being played out is that white evangelicals have uh, have delivered um, even against some of the warnings of their leaders um, or in alliance with some of the promptings of their leaders uh, to deliver the White House to uh, Donald Trump. And not only that, you have a now a Republican Senate and Republican House as well for the first time I heard since 1928. Yeah. Um, and so and you've got a you've got a, you know, Supreme Court justice uh, vacancy um, and uh, you've got Obamacare to repeal. And so so, again, ha- half of us today are are electric and thrilled. Half of us are grieving and disappointed and sad and fearful. So, so this goes out to either, and, and again, had Hillary won, we just reverse, you know, the flow of disappointment versus adulation and elation. So how do we become peacemakers? Here's just some thoughts, Andy Bear. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, there's, there's enough of these to go around. Nothing special about these. But it, it seems like no matter where you are on the political spectrum, um, as a Jesus person, we need... Uh, on a, a day like today, and really for the next however long, we need to grieve with those who grieve, mm-hmm. and um, and realize. So even if you're a Trump supporter, and you are thrilled, um, if you're a Jesus person, there there is a sense in which the narrative is that we've delivered the the white the white man of us. We delivered um, uh, the presidency to Donald Trump. And so um, there, there has to be another sense in which we realize that um, non-white, you know, Muslim, gay, Jewish, uh, illegal, Mexican, um, uh, transgendered. I mean, there are these massive constituencies that are feeling afraid mm-hmm. and that, um, that have good reason to feel afraid. So even if you're a Trump supporter... I hope that we're at the place where we can acknowledge that some of the the rhetoric that Trump used, even if it it was just campaign rhetoric and he'll never act on it, that some of the rhetoric he used uh, is is reason for people to be afraid today. Yeah. That even if you're thrilled that there are people who genuinely, legitimately need to grieve this and need to process this and need to and need need reassuring voices Mm -hmm. that um, that their fears uh, that their fears aren't, uh, dismissed. And so I feel like, um, you know, the, the fact that, um, that, so as a white evangelical man, um, it's, it is, uh, how should I say this? It, it is, uh, it is a fine, I'm lumped in with whoever the 81% is. So even mm-hmm. if I didn't vote for Trump and I did not, um, uh, and I did not vote for Clinton either. So take that. Um, I'm, I'm still lumped in with that, with that crew. And it seems like now more than ever, the church, the church, uh, needs to be willing to listen to, to stand with, to acknowledge the grief of all of those, um, who now feel threatened. Mm-hmm. See, the, the big issue for me, I, I heard this in the late nineties and, uh, and it, it stuck with me ever since. Uh, so I was probably three or four, uh, at that point, just physically age wise. Um, is uh, a guy got up and he said, you know, the, the problem is that nobody feels safe when evangelical Christians are in power. Huh. 
And and I just thought, well, that's interesting. And, and, you know, you have historical precedent for this. I mean, you've got the Inquisition and the Crusades and, you know, whatever else. But but there's also a sense that that um, we've not we've not traditionally done well with political power. And um, and, you know, this talk of 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 reclaiming our Christian roots is threatening to non-Christians. And so so it just seems like one of the postures um, that we have to deal with if you're um, if you're a Trump supporter is the fact that there are people who are legitimately threatened, who are legitimately grieving, who legitimately need reassurance, and they don't need uh, a bunch of white evangelicals just slapping cliches around um, dismissing their grieving or whatever. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, so how do we make peace regardless? Mm-hmm. Man, we grieve with those who are grieving today. We yep. just absolutely grieve with those who are grieving today um, and, uh, and in, the, in the near future. And even if you're exultant, you know, that may take some work. If you're grieving already, that will be very easy yeah. uh, for, you to, for you to empathize. Right. But there's, or you're, ho- you're hoping people come around you then as well. I mean, right, right. exactly. Yeah. Right. But the, the future of the country, I mean, you should see the, the breakdowns by age. Hmm. And so if, and, I, and I, I could not confirm this by the time we we're recording, but there was one graphic that showed if, if only the millennial vote counted, Hillary would have won 509 electoral college votes and Trump would have won 23. Okay. So, so however, however you frame this, the country is going to look so dramatically different. And those people who are not in power now will be the majorities uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. the Latino population, the Asian, the, the Caucasian population, you know, and however many years it will be, will be another minority. If it's not already, it certainly is in California. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, which for, which, uh, yeah. For the first time, what was it? Orange County. Was it Orange voted County? Democrat. Voted Democrat for the first time since like 1938. Yeah. Something like that too. So, so, yeah. so what you have is evangelicals. So how we handle power now um, is uh, to a great degree will determine how we're treated um, when we mm. quote don't have power. Yeah. Um, and so, so grieving with those who grieve, unbelievably important. Yeah, I, and I've already watched um, a couple folks that I follow on, on Facebook, friends of mine. I mean, just getting absolutely attacked from making very peacemaker type statements right. about this whole thing. Yep. One friend who's like, you know, just acknowledging the plank in his own eye, just being like, now what I'm going to have to do is just work on forgiveness. Right. You know, for how he's felt about Trump supporters and that kind yep. of thing. Yep. And another guy I follow is basically like, you know, like I sincerely hope that I'm wrong. Yep. You know that everything I've said about the past with Trump is yeah. just simply not true. Yep. And I'm I'm really hoping in four years that I I'm wrong and I'm willing to accept that if if that Absolutely. day should come. And I, Absolutely. You know, yeah. And 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 I saw this great great thing online too today. It was like, so those people telling us um, that we should get back together and love each other. If you've spent the last eight years hating Obama. You have no moral authority to say that. Mm. <laughs> and so, so I, thankfully, um, I, I think Obama is, uh, is actually a really good guy. And I think you talk about a high character guy. My goodness, that guy's got high character. I've grown to like him more over right. eight years, actually. Right. I disagree with, with, um, with several things. But, oh my goodness, I, 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 I think he's turned out to be not nearly the Antichrist we were promised. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... So, you know, well, hey, the world hasn't ended yet. Right. You know? Right. I mean, we could still. Right. So. So. So how do you how do you grieve with those who grieve? Well, you listen without judgment and fixing. 
you um, you stand in solidarity. So I saw a number of people just saying, listen, we we love Muslims. You're not terrorists. We love Mexicans. You're not rapists. We love uh, LGBTQ kids. You're not freaks, you know, or whatever. And 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 again, I mean, hopefully the rhetoric that Trump used in the campaign trail was just that it was political maneuvering to appeal to a base, which yeah. is its own problem mm-hmm. and that he'll govern differently. We can hope that that's true. Um, but uh, and I also think there are symbolic actions we take um, in standing in solidarity with people who are grieving. And uh, those symbolic you know, gestures can be anything from the dumb, you know, changing of Facebook profile pics to uh, the the joining in of protests uh, peacefully to the um, to the listening of stories when you come across them mm-hmm. uh, to whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so so I think there's a huge there's a huge room. We just don't do this well as uh, as Jesus people. We just don't grieve. There's nothing even though that's a massive Jesus tradition. There's just not much in our churches that teach us how to do this well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when we listen, I mean, there's a there's a verse in the book of James that talks about being um, quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to anger. Mm-hmm. And uh, imagine if we did that for a while, yeah, yeah. Uh, if we just didn't open our yaps right, um, right. in uh, in whatever. So well, it's going to be interesting, too, because it's I think when we do see some folks um, go and grieve with some of these groups, it's going to look like political action, you yes. know, because of just Absolutely. the implications that. that Absolutely. Has that, and, and that's something I've got yeah. down here is uh, love of neighbor uh, means that we pay particular attention, and this is this is what Jesus does to the marginalized, outcast, and disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. So, so we're never to serve um, exclusively the 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 big mass in the middle. It's we're always to be paying particular attention to those in the margins, and so. Yes, I think our sensitivities to justice issues, I hope I hope they increase. Although today I received two messages from people who have um, one, uh, both were, both were, no, one was Latino and um, we're told at school that they'll be sent home shortly. Uh, they're not welcome in our country. Uh, they need to learn to speak English, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then there was another uh, a, a, a buddy of mine who's, I think it was his nephew or friend who was gay, got attacked in the name of Trump. And, and, oh. I, and obviously you can't blame, you can't blame everything on that. I mean, individual evil people are going to take, right. you know, the opportunity. But I think as the church, we, we are now in a, in a situation where our witness depends on, uh, and it's been true the whole time, where our witness depends on paying particular sensitivities paying particular attention to those people who are feeling threatened and 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 to some degree have very justifiable reasons for doing so doesn't matter if you think they're justifiable and it doesn't matter if you think um they're rational that's irrelevant this is a love of neighbor issue and love of neighbor demands uh in obedience to this jesus that we are we in a democracy that we are so careful uh, to protect those people who feel very threatened. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so that that's all number one. Number two is wouldn't it be nice if we started assuming the best in people instead of mm-hmm. the worst? Yeah. So so there's this there's this little thing Jesus talks about um, where however you want to be treated, treat other people that way. Very rarely practiced among evangelical Christians. And so um, so this is now the, the fantastic opportunity. So, hey, we, so, and again, I'm not speaking here as one who agrees with you, okay? 
I'm speaking as one who finds himself lumped in because I too am an evangelical Jesus follower. But we've been culturally unempowered now for a while, mm. and we didn't like how that felt. Mm. And so if now is the time to settle scores and to push back agendas and to roll back cultural whatevers, uh, just know that's going to that's gonna swing back. Yikes. Whether it's in four years or eight years or however many years, um, how we want to be treated, now we have the opportunity to model. And... Um, and uh, and so I just think, I think that, you know, so one of the big narratives uh, last night was uh, it's the uneducated rural white men that voted for Trump and carried the election and the evangelical mm -hmm. vote. And, and there is, for those who are grieving, it's very easy. And for those who are Trump, it's very, very easy to believe the worst in the other, right? So, so the Trump supporter is dumb and hateful and misogynistic and racist and I know from personal experience, I have people very, very close to me who are ardent Trump supporters who are none of those things. Mm -hmm. And so just to lump lump that way is just awful yeah. and, and needs to be repented of. Same way, I know Hillary supporters who shouldn't be lumped in as baby killers yep. or feminazis or liberals. Um, and, uh, and so just w the church just has to repent of all of this nonsense and reclaim the most fundamental teaching of Jesus. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. End of story. Mm -hmm. I want other people to assume the best of me, not the worst of me. I want p other people to listen to the nuances of what I say, not just take a soundbite and blow it up. Mm -hmm. Right? So yeah. now that we have all this opportunity now to practice of these sorts of things, that's number two. Number three. This is what it is to be a peacemaker. Number three, always keep in mind who the real enemy is. The real enemy is not flesh and blood, according uh, to, the, to the New Testament. The real enemy is not the Republicans or the Democrats or the liberal, liberals or the conservatives or the rich or the poor. Uh, and because um, that's easy. That's easy. Yeah. Everybody does that. Mm -hmm. Everybody can show disdain and disgust for people who aren't like them, who disagree with them. Right. Jesus people are called to manifest an indiscriminate kind of love. That should be a good, good like mm. Phil Collins song. Ooh. Instead of a groovy kind of love, it is an indiscriminate <laughs> kind of love. Oh, man, that's throwing it back. Yep, thank you. Thank you. He's back. He's back in touring, so yep. I'm back. Right. Um, and uh, so so I, there, there is this sense, Seth Erie, Seth Erie, he's got a belt that he flops, and he just yells and reenacts songs, and it's just... It's the best. I, I, here, I wish I could be that simply joyful in my life yes oh my goodness he is you give him that belt and he's good for an hour yeah he's just so good for an hour yeah. and he's reenacting stuff and it's his imagination right and, i mean for me just to be loud completely indiscriminately would just be the best that's right or yeah. the other thing i like that seth does is he just sometimes decides to disrobe without oh, yeah. any without any warning oh that i mean that would be the best freedom to, that's what to i'm talking about single day that's what i'm talking about clothing optional yep now um this is one of the, uh, these are all teachings that aren't practiced much by me or um, a lot of us. But the idea that, that if it has flesh, so there's this very famous verse um, uh, in Ephesians where Paul talks about our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and authorities. And, and, and Paul is, is a good Jewish um, uh, teacher, believed in uh, the reality of unseen spiritual forces for good and for ill. And, and, and you see this in the ministry of Jesus. Now that's one topic we've not covered yet on the podcast. I mean, right. who can seriously take that stuff? Yeah. Um, literally, but evidently Jesus did. And certainly Paul did. 
And um, and so he has this line where um, the battle isn't against flesh and blood. And and I've always I've always been challenged by that because flesh and blood is easier to see. It's easier to hit. It's easier to aim at. Uh, it's easier to exact retribution from. And um, and so I've always been challenged by the teaching that it, if, if it has flesh and blood, you're to fight for it. Uh, you're not to fight it. Huh. And, um, and and of course, I mean, we'll have disagree. We'll have disagreements in a democracy over how best to fight for flesh and blood. You know, what view of marriage is most promotes human flourishing or what view of poverty uh, and how to get people out of poverty or education. Those are all fine. The issue becomes we can't help even as even as Jesus followers, but demonize the people that disagree. And the demonized word is is exactly what happens. Um, and it is exactly the mistake that Paul um, says we must not make. Mm-hmm. That it is not the gay community, it is not the evangelical church, it is not conservative Christians, liberal Christians, Republican Christians, li- uh, Democrat Christians, independent voters. None of those people are the enemy. Yeah. None of them are lurking behind uh, the enemy. Are, is this cosmic war that the scriptures say that humanity inhabits? Whether you buy all that or not, as Jesus people. For those of you that are Jesus people, there there is a sense in which that reframe dramatically enables us um, to find common ground with people. Mm. In other words, if um, if you viewed the other person as the enemy, then there really is only win lose. Yeah. There's no third option. If you see if you see human beings fighting for something together um, against something that even some human beings won't acknowledge is real, but, but a lot of us think is real. Um, you you have vastly more uh, motivation and permission to find common ground with people, even if you disagree fundamentally with things mm-hmm. um, that they might individually hold. Mm-hmm. Right. So 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 if you're a um, if you're a uh, a Hillary supporter, we can agree with Trump supporters that uh, that that getting jobs are that's a good thing. Like yeah. The economy needs to be the economy needs to be a priority, and that and that we somehow we do have to tackle this unspoken thing of immigration. And, mm-hmm. you know, my, my take is that you make it harder to come illegally and make it easier to come legally. And, uh, and uh, you, you embody the, the biblical view of the foreigner and the widow and the orphan. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's me and no yeah. one's asking me. But, but we, can, we can find common ground on some of these issues. If, if, you're, a, um, if you're a Trump supporter, um, we can look at Hillary and, uh, and say, you know, um, in terms of her propositions about uh, in, uh, better uh, education or um, um, I'm trying to think of other proposals Hillary has <laughs> that I can't because the wall <laughs> dominated, you know, so much. I'm like, what else was Hillary fighting for? The working class, of course. She was fighting for a regular conversation in every debate, you know, right. just for a little bit of time just to feel normal. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, what other really specific proposals have? So that just shows my ignorance. Yeah. But but the, the point is there there is massive amounts of common ground as long as you're not demonizing the other. Mm-hmm. And as Jesus people were prohibited from exercising that way. Now, here's where you get into the really interesting choice that Jesus people have to make. Does their, do their feelings about American citizenship outweigh um, their call to represent their citizenship in uh, in the heavens uh, as Mm. Jesus people? And we're constantly making that decision. Um, When I choose unkindness over kindness, I've decided that exercising my 
my entitlement, my freedom, my feelings um, is more important than um, than being a citizen, uh, an ambassador of a citizen of an entirely beautiful, peaceful, nonviolent order. Mm. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so um, to to find common ground uh, with those with whom you disagree, a, a huge step to that is realizing, man, the other's not the enemy. Yeah. The other's not the enemy, and and that is massive because we're people who are enshrouded in echo chambers. Um, who are just reminding us, no, the other is the enemy. The mm-hmm. other is the enemy. Those dumb freaking Trump supporters or those liberal media elites or, right? I mean, yeah. this is just the shorthand. It's too easy. Cro- crooked Hillary and, you know, immoral, deplorable Donald. I mean, you're just like, okay, I get it. And and part of me feeds on it. Sure. Um, but as Jesus people, I'm just so reminded peacemaking demands. Um, we lay that down. And that we pick up. Um, we pick up some of some of the most difficult of Jesus's teachings. Hmm. So we're we're laying down the name calling. We're grieving with those who grieve. We're laying down the labeling. We're laying down the 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 demonizing. We're laying all that down. But what are we picking up? Well, we're picking up our own personal repentance that each of us has added to the ugliness, yeah. and and it is sitting before Jesus saying, "Okay, how have I added to the cloud?" Mm-hmm. Uh, I can think of. Um, comments that I made in response to people who would come on my page that I go, you know, I, I should not have said that hmm. in that way. Um, I can, uh, I can think of things I've thought, um, um, or said about certain kinds of people, um, that, you know, man, that, that's just not, that does not represent Jesus. Well, even if I didn't, even if I didn't say this particular thought, but held it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there is this, there is this looking at the at the in the mirror kind of moment, I yeah. think, because what what this election did more than anything else, and it can be a huge gift, but it uh, you know I doubt it will be. It is it is placed a mirror up into American society, and it is illustrated how deep the fissures are between older white people um, uh, and uh, younger millennial counterparts mm. between um, the, the the perceived white agenda and the non-white agenda between our views of gender and marriage and sexuality. I mean, the, the fault lines are deeper, more pressing, and the source of more anger and heat yeah. than I think any of us realized right. until this election showed us. Right. And, and, and those fissures go through straight through evangelical Christianity too. Mm-hmm. And so... So in, in this sort of moment, um, the only thing I know to do is to say, okay, how have I added to the darkness myself? How have I, and that can be in things I've said, things I've thought, things I've done, things I haven't said, uh, things I haven't done. I mean, you know, blah, 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 blah. Right. And, and this isn't about navel gazing, but this is more about um, realizing that what the mirror has shown us about our collective self uh, is ugly. And um, and it's it's ugly everywhere. And and to blame others um, for the ugliness without I mean, it's a violation of Jesus's teaching that my own sin is a two by four and your sin is a is a speck of dust. Yeah. So so for me today was just a profound sense of, okay, God, how have I added how have I added to the darkness and what does that mean now to be an agent of hope? to those who are to those who are grieving and not flippant cliched hope but like legitimate like jesus um take the wheel (laughs) kind of hope yeah um, which is exactly flippant and cliched now (laughs) oh all right so we we pick up um repenting and forgiving and so i would encourage you for those of you who are deeply 
who feel such animosity towards uh, a presidential candidate. You're exultant that Hillary lost because she's awful, or you are um, you are terrified because Trump is is terrible and he won. Uh, my invitation is that you stop right now and that you actually, um, if, if you, only if you're a Jesus person, I mean, you can do this if you don't want to, I mean, you know, you can do this if you're not a Jesus person, but, um, uh, but that you would actually stop and that you would pray God's blessing over the person that you hate, <laughs> that mm. you, the person that you despise. So if, if I can't, you know, if it's, I can't ever, you know, I, I just joyfully, um, I'm thrilled that Hillary will be da 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 and you just oh and I can't stand her da da. All right, is that is that good Jesus following? <laughs> um, you know, pray for your enemies, bless those who persecute you. So 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 this is where it counts. This is where it freaking counts more than anywhere else is when you don't feel like it. Yeah. Um, when you really do have feelings of animosity towards the other, um, to 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 bless those who persecute you, to pray for those, so to literally hold up Trump and to pray God's blessing over his presidency, right. to hold up Hillary and to pray God's blessing over her post, you know, political career, whatever that looks like, right. that she and Bill would be agents of good and redemption. I mean, just imagine what that does to your heart. Yeah. This is one of the ways we suck the venom out of of um uh the darkness in our hearts so we're picking up repentance we're picking up forgiveness we're picking up uh praying for those who are our enemies even though we know they're not our enemies they're flesh and blood so we fight for them yeah oh i've got like three more andy and these are all i mean this is to me this is just to me good um uh i got this all figured out so you know i'm i'm cruising well you're millennial and i'm here to just witness to you thank you you're a millennial so yes you know everything (laughs) um and so so just like like three more first um uh i think that there if if somebody somebody tweeted that okay evangelicals you you brought uh trump to power now you must prophetically hold him to embody um, the kind of power that, that you are wanting. Uh, mm. In other words, um, you know, the worst thing to do would be to just say, well, all right, Republicans won, so Jesus is happy. Yeah. Um, and uh, boy, there's that load of crap. Um, <laughs> the church must continue its prophetic role to speak truth to power and to, all right, Donald, hey, Ameri- uh, illegal immigrants are made in God's image, just so we're clear. Yeah. Uh, women. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, there should never, ever, there there should be public repentance for the things you said about women. If you say in your concessions, but you want to be president for all Americans, well, then let's go through the list of people that you have demeaned. Mm-hmm. And what, why don't we just start with saying you're sorry, that you should not have said those things. You said those things in the heat of, in the heat of campaign moments. See, all right, evangelicals, we're, we're, this is our guy. This is like, we're on his council. Well, then what are we advising him? Right. You know, we're going to roll back culture or are we going to start with, hey, man, there's some there's some really crappy things that went on in the middle of this thing by everybody. No one's no one's walking out of here with white clothes. But um, the truth to that, that we have to speak to power about the marginalized, the oppressed, the fearful um, is so unbelievably important. The church must to preserve its witness in the world. It must preserve its prophetic witness against the abuses of power. Even if the power is done in alignment, we think with the, with the church's goals. And this is where I grieve the most 
that the narrative has now just been strengthened that to be an evangelical Christian is to be a Republican. Mm. And, um, and I think that's the thing that I've, I've grieved, you know, more than anything is to say, no, 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 I, I have no problem if people voted for Trump or voted for Hillary. That's, 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 that's re- that's between you and Jesus. I have no interest in telling people how to vote. Yeah, I'm very interested in what the church communicates to outsiders. Mm, yeah. And what the church has said, at least the white church has said, uh, in the perception, not the reality, uh, at least not for some, in the perception of many has been, hey, all these other groups, you're just not welcome. And so uh, agree or disagree, but as I'm, I'm watching minority voices, um, that's what they're hearing. Yeah. Uh, and, and you just go, okay, well then church, um, then if that's, if, if we're going to claim responsibility, then, uh, the responsibility to speak truth to that power is ever more important. Um, I, I think that, uh, two more, um, to embrace my, my personal, I would be delighted. And again, I'll get in so much trouble for this. I would be delighted if every evangelical associated with the Trump campaign resigned oh. and and said, at the moment of greatest temptation for political power, we are walking away from it because we realize what it does. Mm. Um, and, and I hear the crying out of, oh, we'll witness to him. And and how could we advise him if we're not next to him? And and, uh, you know, and I just say, you know what? History has shown we, the Jesus people, are not meant to have it. We don't do our best work from the middle of culture. We do the best work in exile. Jesus does his best work in the margins. He does not go to woo the rich and powerful. And 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 our our for some of us, the allure of political power has been shown to be what it is, mm-hmm. an idol. Um, we can say you know Jesus is king, but when it comes down to it, where we're our our sense of security is totally dependent on who sits in the White House. And, um, and, and so, you know, the, the fault lines in our hearts have been exposed, but there's this sense in which, um, uh, that, that I, I think now more than ever, evangelicals need to embrace weakness and not power, mm. um, humility and not strength, um, listening and not, uh, celebrating, um, grieving and standing with those on the, on the margins rather than trying to reform them from the center. Um, I just think this is a massive cultural opportunity for Jesus people to take up Jesus's mission again and to have simply said, you know, the, um, the, the, uh, the lure of this has been proven to, to be a false, a false idol. And, um, we've been taken in by it. We repent of it and we lay down, um, all of our political positions. Now, again, I know that's absolutely insane. But, um, and I, and, you know, people will so disagree with it and, and, and I get it, but man, I just cannot look in, in church history and find a place where the early church was, was, um, uh, see, I hear the counters in my brain already. I just hear the counters. I mean, like Ruth and Mordecai, you know, I mean, if, uh, Nehemiah, the cupbearer, I mean, these people were in positions mm-hmm. of influence over the King, but they were in exile. See, that's yeah, the difference. Right. They were in exile. Totally different. Um, they weren't part of a board of however many people and, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, right. This is, we're talking about like confidants and friend and like people that were like independently close to a person of influence, yeah. you know, it, yeah. it, it, that looks different. Yeah. So anyway, I, I just, I, I just, I think the, um, 
I think our witness to the world demands the re-embracing of our role as peacemaker. And that role of peacemaker demands a whole bunch of internal work that we do. The acknowledgement of all of our double standards, the shunning of political power that could be used to harm people, the picking up of, of the towel in the basin to wash the feet of even the one that betrays us, um, the, the re-examination of our loyalties and allegiances, um, so that we can participate as, as good neighbors for the flourishing of human beings, uh, but without the heat um, and fear um, and, uh, and meanness that so characterize much of our mm. engagement. And so this is to me, um, um, and, and then, you know, what we said kind of in the last podcast, um, you now have the opportunity to vote with your life. And your vote today on November 9th is more important than what you voted yesterday. And people will hate that I said that. Yeah. Um, they're like, no, 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 no. Um, I, I don't, I just don't, I, I just think that what you do today, how you are today, how you present yourself today, whether you're grieving or you're celebrating, uh, is so unbelievably important to the movement of Jesus in the world. I think the mm -hmm. entire world is watching. And, um, and so my brothers and sisters, um, it just felt like, and again, this isn't thought through, this isn't well hashed, this isn't well researched, uh, but we just felt like, you know, because uh, I can empathize with both. I mean, there's a part of me that goes, you know, I'll, I'll be thrilled that we'll have a, um, a conservative. I'm a conservative, like economically, I'm a conservative guy. Yeah. Um, I'm for small government. I'm for um, constitutionalists uh, on the, the federal bench. I'm for... Um, I'm for uh, uh, letting, giving the states as much power as possible to determine um, uh, how each state is going to handle some of these hugely controversial issues. Yeah, uh, we know California is practically a different country. <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I um, actually heard yesterday in that commentary that California has enough money to actually leave the United oh, States. Oh, I have no doubt. Like it, it's, it could actually completely govern itself like right. from a financial point of view. Like it actually would not need the United States to move. That's crazy. Unbelievable. That's absolutely crazy. Um, and so, so what, what was I saying? But you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah you, you're you were just, right. you were just, uh, you know, giving your conservative stances. Oh yeah. Um, and, and so, so there's part of me that, that goes, well, okay, so here's a business guy and maybe he'll, he'll be moderate and, you know, maybe there'll be enough people around him that will just go, Hey dude, you're insane. Let's freaking, you know, maybe he'll delegate, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and there's part of me that's grieving a part of me that's grieving and I'd be grieving either way. If it was president Clinton today, we were doing this podcast about there'd be part of me that would be grieving too. Uh, because I, I see I see in the platform some in both sides that I agree with, some I disagree with, uh, but in both personalities, just so hard um, um, to go. Okay, this is our forty fifth president. Um, uh, so so for me, I, I can I can empathize to a little bit with either side. I'm I'm probably more grieving um, than not, uh, just because I think the the church's abandonment of character as one of their calling cards, you know, is just awful. Mm. And our double standard on that, I think is, is, has just compromised our witness. Um, so, but, but if you're here and you're non-white or, you know, you're an ally of those who are very, very much hurting, man, we're, we're, we're here, we're with you. Um, and we'll be talking a lot about this stuff. It's the, the Jesus following has massive implications for how we conduct our American citizenship. And it's time those things got put together again. You know, they've been torn apart for far too long. Mm. 
So um, I, I want to close by reading a, a very famous prayer from St. Francis of Assisi. Huh. Uh, and uh, man, this would be this, this, this is why we want to do this podcast tonight. So maybe we just should have read this and saved everybody like 40 <laughs> minutes. Um, um, but you've heard, you've probably heard this. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us so love. Where there is injury, uh, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Mm. Amen. Amen to that. Amen to that. Brothers and sisters, bless you. My goodness, I got choked up on that. <laughs> Holy. Or I'm hitting puberty again. Uh, menopause. Uh, There's hair growing off the top of your head. <laughs> oh. Well, brothers and sisters, so this this will take place of next week's podcast, and uh, and uh, and then we'll be off and running onto other things. So, um, I, thank you for letting us be a part of your life, Seth. Here, <laughs> he makes all these weird noises. It's so, <laughs> hey Seth, hey Seth, you want to say goodbye? Okay, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> goodbye, internet. See you. See you later. Bye, internet. Hey, thanks for listening to the Vox Podcast. Learn more about us at voxpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Vox Podcast. And as always, comment, share, and interact with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash voxpodcast.